0: welcome to the first official um program of uh, podcast rather of savage shed savage shed that's what it's called now i couldn't make my mind last week but savage shed let's start with an old flame mussolini song reimagined on my acoustic guitar Wasn't it kids? Anyway, in this first official show, I've got quite a lot to um, get through. I don't want it to go on too long. I think we will eventually stretch to an hour, but um, you know, I don't want to um, overstay my welcome. Liar. And um, I've got to have certain features on this show, um, and you'll, you'll find out what they are as we go along. Keep it as a bit of a surprise. I've got a few guests on today. I've got. Um, the brilliantly funny and um, caustic, witty poet from Middlesbrough, Douglas Verrill. He's going to be on the show later. Um, well, pretty soon, actually, doing um, his poem that he sent in. And the thing I like about Doug's stuff is it's, it's just funny, you know, and it's very borough, and I love that. He's kind of like the authentic voice, I feel, of Middlesbrough. You know, he's, he's the man on the street, you know, and um, the taxi driver on the street, even, Anyway, Doug, I'll be playing some of your stuff later. Um, one thing that I'm having on this show is um, just everybody, you know, um, everybody, not necessarily celebs, um, they won't come on my uh, show anyway because I'm not famous enough and, um, you know, the PR people probably sort of wear me up and think like, ooh, it's not worth going on this show, you know, it would be like five people watching. What's the point of sending their, uh, you know, Lana Del Rey there, like... And I didn't know that Lana Del Rey's got a dodgy um, Liverpool-accented promoter,
1: but never mind, there you go. get it on, get it on, get it on, with Lana Del Rey. Oh, yes, please. Anyway.
0: um, Yeah. Well, one of the things that we're going to do on here, that I'm going to do, not we, makes me sound schizophrenic, doesn't it? Yes, it does.
1: No, it doesn't!
0: Shut up. Anyway, um, yeah, it's albums, uh, records. It could be a single that um, really had a big effect on me. And, um, you know, I don't have them in front of me now, so forgive me, but I'm going to paraphrase them. Um, the first one I want to um, bring up is um, an album that somebody called Annie Yellow, who I've known many years, but I don't know her, I've known her from a distance, but I know of her anyway, Annie Yellow. Annie Yellow. And she put forward a really great suggestion, I thought, for the album that changed her life. And um, she talked about um, Jethro Tull's Thick as a Brick. Now, Jethro Tull is somebody who I'm quite late to. I only discovered them properly about maybe six, seven years ago. Um, I don't know what it was. I just started to investigate their stuff and I came across an album called Aqualung. And uh, it's brilliant, you know, sitting on a park bench, do 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 do. Something about watching little girls go by or something. It's, it's it's actually quite creepy, but it's brilliant. Anyway, Annie put forward um, the album Thick as a Brick, which I do believe is a continual type of album. It doesn't really have sort of um, loads of tracks on it, but it's prog rock. And um, I, I guess that she was just saying that you know she'd never heard anything like it and um, the the artwork too annie um talked about the artwork and the way it folded out like a newspaper and the whole package and that was the thing about albums in those days wasn't it you know the, you got the whole package with them and it was really quite fantastic you know to, to own an album look at the sleeve i mean i remember getting a copy of uh what's that the led zeppelin album houses of the holy and I was really fascinated by the, 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 the sleeve, you know, with all those um, girls crawling over the, the, uh, those rocks. I think it, it was someplace in Ireland that uh, I found out later. But, you know, the whole thing with albums then, they were total experience, weren't they? And um, it was quite amazing to, to own an album back then. Uh, okay, Now then, time to play you another one of my songs. I'm saying this not knowing what the, what the damn I'm gonna do, um, but I'll do something. And, um, well, actually, I'm gonna do this for, um, she requested it. Um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a young woman. Well, actually, I think that she's a young-ish woman. <laughs> Sorry, Deb. Deb Blakeman Barrett. Um, I've known her online for a while. She was a Flema Mussolini's um, admirer. And she asked me if I'd do a privilege and I thought like, hey, that's a good choice, that. Privilege was a B-side of um, the Flame of Mussolini's uh, single, uh, My Cleopatra. I'm going to play it now, Privilege. is for Deb. Okay, hope you enjoyed that. Right, um, I think we'll move on and we'll have a bit of poetry. And um, I have to stop this to actually spin it in. So just wait a minute, folks. I will edit it in and it will sound cohesive. Trust me. Okay, see you very soon. Or hear me very soon. Doug
1: Verrill, coming up.
2: Hiya, Al. Just a little poem here. I've got plenty of poems, mate, and I didn't know which one to put on your podcast, which, by the way, I think is brilliant, and thank you for asking me. So, the one I've picked is called Seventeen, because I met you when I was 17, and we had a few crazy times, uh, and I just think the world here, mate, so I hope you enjoy this one. It's called Seventeen. Love, rejection, masturbation Cigarette machines on the railway station Borough girls, God's best creation I'm talking about my generation Virginities on parade Morning glories for a dawn raid The fragile in crowd, vain, afraid Peeps through a see-through barricade Getting told you won't get far Ford Cortina's bubble car Wishing on a shooting star, fumbling with a back fastening bra, and going out on the pull, brutting spice full of bull. Crazy days, but never dull, just released from cotton wool. Your first romantic kiss, good night. Did our noses go to the left or right? Showing off our first love bite. Some girls will. And some girls might And mullets, afros, girls with rags DM boots and Oxford bags Crombie coats and drunken shags Old English cider and park drive fags Mandy's incog, Gaskins blazers, Bongo nights in drunken hazes Borough wit like cutthroat razors Living in the latest crazes But at that age we know it all, we spray our names on an empty wall. Insecure we all walk tall, we love the build-up but hate the fall. But when you're young it's good to dream, sometimes think what could have been. I wish I had a time machine, I'd make it stick on 17. Thanks Al, and thanks again.
0: Oh dear. You know, I I was in the background there while well, that was playing and I found it very, very hard to, to sort of like not interrupt it with laughing. You might hear me uh, in the background there sneaking a little bit. That's the effect that Doug has on me. We, we're very old friends. We started our first jobs together um, at the, the post office in Middlesbrough. And us lads, we, we, we had a really great time there, uh, all of us. Uh, you know, we, we used to ride motorbikes and it was fun. It was fun days. And... What I remember about you, Doug, was we just used to laugh all the time, just all the time. And it was uh, very, very amazingly pleasant uh, and treasured memories. And I loved that poem. I thought it was brilliant. OK, you know what? <clears throat> Sorry, I've got a croak in my throat. <clears> throat> yeah, he kind of reminds me of uh, Doug. Well, Doug, you remind me of um, John Cooper Clarke. Because um, I'm going to read a John Cooper Clark poem now. Because I got his last collection, which is called *The Luckiest Guy Alive*. Uh, John Cooper Clarke. Um, What's the publisher? It's Picador. It's quite a posh book. This. It's nice. You know, it's a nice, nicely um, put together collection. And uh, I'm going to read you a John Cooper Clark poem. Because you'll you'll get the connection, Doug. You know, I'm sure you you, you know you know, but of course you know John Cooper Clarke is. Of course you do. But anyway. This is called Bed Blocker Blues. What me worry, I should care. Ship for brains, wire for hair. I have seen the future and I ain't there. Things are gonna get worse. Velcro slippers and a spandex waistband washed up on planet wasteland, zipped up like a nylon spaceman. Things are gonna get worse. Things are gonna get worse, nurse. Things are gonna get rotten. Make that hearse reverse, nurse. I am trying to remember everything I've forgotten. A menace in the box, I was good in the air. Now I can't get up from an easy chair. The doctor told me, oh yeah, yeah, things are gonna get worse. Things are gonna get worse, nurse. Things are gonna get crappy. Call me perverse, nurse. Bad news always makes me happy. The money's gone. There's only muck. Social services passed the buck. How bad does it have to suck? Things are gonna get worse. Things are gonna get worse, nurse. Things are gonna get dismal. Smite me with a curse, nurse. Make it something real abysmal. All that's left is a taste of soup. Afternoon reruns of F Troop and a painful frame with a built in stoop. Things are going to get worse. Oh, things are going to get worse, nurse. I ain't optimistic. Struck down by inertia, nurse. In a bungalow smelling of piss and biscuits. Life's a bitch, it's a bit rich. Doubled up with a permanent stitch. Any kind of effort would be so last ditch. Things are gonna get worse
1: Young people,
0: make me swear You can't take me anywhere I'm like a breath of stale air A walk-in one-man medical scare Things are gonna get worse Hail seizure Hello stroke So many pills a bloke could choke I can't decide from what to croak Things are gonna get worse Things are gonna get worse nurse Murder my logistics Take me back to the first verse. The last one's too pessimistic. Euthanasia. That sounds good. A neutral Alpine neighbourhood. Then back to Britain all dressed in wood. Things were going to get worse. Apparently. John Cooper Clark. And uh, I think that Doug Verrill is definitely the John Cooper Clark of Middlesbrough. Brilliant man. Love it. Now then... Things are gonna get worse. That was a very sort of, um, you know, pithy type of poem. Uh, Which brings me neatly to a a feature on my show, which I'm calling, um, uh, who is the poodle fart? Okay, now then. What do I mean by poodle fart? It's like when you see a nice looking poodle and you think, oh, that's a lovely dog, I think I'll stroke it. And just as you walk up to it, the dog farts and it really smells, it's a poodle fart. And um, I, I, I'm gonna aim this at any um, public figure that you want. You can you can send in your nominations for like who deserves the poodle fart Award of the uh, the week or the month or whatever. And the person, I mean, I read it this morning o- online, and I can't stand the woman. And if you like this woman, then you know don't like me because I don't like you, and I will throw uh, a shoe at you if you come near me and say I like um what's her name is it Suella Braverman or Braverman I, can, I don't know how to pronounce her name is it Braverman or Braverman there's nothing brave about this woman anyway she's an absolute nightmare she's a total poodle fart she keeps farting in the face of refugees She keeps farting in the face of decent people as indeed do this government's now, I'm not taking a left-wing stance here, because I'm not really left-wing or right-wing. I'm kind of bing-wing, you know, that's, that's my own political party. But, um, oh, God, you know, will this government please get some compassion? If compassion became the fashion, um, I think they still wouldn't wear it, would they? Do you know what I mean? The, the government, our government, are absolutely bollocks, man. They're just bollocks. And uh, you people who voted them in I know where you live I'm going to come around and throw toilet rolls at you uh, And lucky for you They won't be uh, have any of my arse wipe on them either But um, Anyway, so Sue Braverman, I can't even be bothered to remember her name I hate her so much, do you know what I mean? Okay um, Poodle fart of the, of the week Anyway, what can we do now? Could it be time for another song? <clears throat> I don't know I've got lots of friends who are sending things in. Just be patient, people, because um, I'm collating it all. Uh, yesterday I got quite overwhelmed. I had like some like six, seven, eight, and they're like ping, ping, another one came, and um, I just have to wade through them. You will get airtime. Don't worry. I, I will ensure that you get that. But I have to sort of um, you know chop it all up and make future programmes and um, you know. So just be patient, and uh, it will it will happen. Okay. <clears throat> To play. Song for Lana it's called The Beautiful Sadness. My like neon
1: princess waits all along the shore, singing songs of beautiful sadness. You wanna Yeah. said, baby, don't put yourself down.
0: a bit carried away there Uh, they were exclusive lyrics because I forgot the the lyrics uh, after the first verse but I just made them them up and uh, it it worked out alright didn't it Um, anyway that's one of my songs and that one's called The Beautiful Sadness and uh, it's a kind of strange road trip with Lana Del Rey Rey, Um, and um, you know I, I just love her stuff I love her whole persona the atmosphere she has about her. She's kind of like a bit David Lynch, somehow. And she reminds me of those old um, film noir uh, women, you know. She looks fantastic, man. She just really does. And uh, she knocked on my dog tomorrow and uh, said, can I borrow some sugar? I would say, sure, honey. Here, have the whole packet. <coughs> Ba-boom. <coughs> yeah. Anyway, but um, Lana Del Rey. Got to get her out of my head. Right. Get out of my head, please. What else can we do on this show? Now, today I'm just picking something up here. There's a musician that I befriended online. Um, he lives in New York, and I don't mean New York the city. I mean New York um, the, um, the county. His address is uh, County Line Road, Lindenville, New York, and then he gives a postcode. And his name is Roger Street Friedman. Now, I, I, I sent him a message online and said, like, I really like your stuff, man. You know, it's really great. I really like it. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, he's a good songwriter. He's a bit sort of Tom Petty. He's a bit uh, Chris Christopherson. Uh, and he's very much himself, and he's got some great stuff on YouTube, too. Just just look, look out for it. He's got a great song. It's on this album here. What is it? The song that's on YouTube. Um, it's really good. Um, let me see. Love, Hope, Trust, Mother and Son, Thankful for This Day of Vapor in the Air, The Ghosts of Sugarland. I mean, you just look at the titles on this album. What I'm trying to say is he sent me his album uh, CD very generously, and he's a really cool guy. And he even signed it, Hey Al, Rock On, Love, and then he's a squiggly, you know, um, musicians scroll there. But um, the album I've got is called Love, Hope, Trust, and you won't be able to buy it in the shops because, like, he's independent anyway, I want to encourage all independents stay away from those evil corporations if you've got ideas if you've got books you know, be very careful Who, you know, if somebody shows an interest in you be very careful um, do it yourself, really keep it yourself, that's what I'm doing now I mean, if a record company knocked on my door tomorrow and said, we will give you one million pounds if you sign with it I would say, yeah, alright then but I won't give you my music. I will license it to you, so I own the master tapes. Because this is what happens to musicians. It happened to George Michael. It happened to Prince. George Michael and Prince both effectively went on strike from their record companies because um, they were just basically stitched up. It's like um, Prince put it very, very kind of succinctly. He said, "It's a bit like having a mortgage on a house. You pay the mortgage off." But the record company still owns your house you know because artists like um, prince and george michael you know they made their record companies millions and millions and millions of pounds and dollars you know and more than more than uh paid back their advances so what the hell is going on you know these people they're devils they were in ensla- they will enslave you and i don't know about the book publishing world but it wouldn't be surprised me if the devils are in there too because they're everywhere you know <coughs> Watch out, you better take
1: care You better watch out because the devils are there Does anyone know the way? Did we someone say? sake? Oh, we just haven't got a clue what
0: to do You know, watch out for those uh, devils They're everywhere Now then, I want you to go and into your community, people and I want you to help out I want you to find art And I want you to celebrate art And I want you to tell people about your art and what you do and um, come on this show if you've got anything to say anything to promote and i'll do it for you and um, i'll only charge you um, a pack of the maltesers okay i like maltesers no hang on yeah i do like them but...
3: <laughs>
0: oh anyway um i feel another song coming on um i do apologize to people who thought they were going to be on this show but they haven't turned up on it And that's mainly because, um, you know, they didn't get the stuff together. But I do have one more person before I go who is um, going to be saying something. And that person is uh, Michael Todd. I used to be in a band with called Bass a long time ago. He is going to be giving us um, his album that um, had a big impact on him. If you just wait a second, sorry, I will queue it up. If you just wait a minute, thank you. Right, um, any second now. When I find it on here, I'm gonna have Mick Todd speaking about an album that he really writes.
3: As a kid growing up in the 60s, I was very much into the Beat the Beatles initially, used to love them. Uh, my sister who was six years older, she was into the rolling stones. So through her I also got to know a lot about the stones. I love both groups. Which was quite unusual at the time because you are either a Beatles fan or you are a Stones fan. The Beatles were the goody goodies and the Stones were the uh, naughty boys, weren't they? Well, in the summer of love, 1967, the Beatles released Sgt. Pepper's, which obviously got worldwide acclaim. I loved the album, but it was uh, a bit too polished for me. Great album, but too polished, as I said. But the Stones, they were up for the challenge. Uh, Unlike Brian Wilson, for example, of the uh, Beach Boys, he was devastated at the release of Sgt. Pepper's. One of his comments was, how do you follow that? Well, the Stones were up for it. And a few months after the release of Sgt. Pepper's, they released their own album called Satanic Majesty's Request. Uh, Even uh, the colour on the cover took on the Beatles colour on the cover of their Sgt Pepper's album. For me though, brilliant album, a lot rawer. I like raw music and uh, I just love the album, full stop, I know a lot of Stones fans really don't like it but it's one of my favourites, they've got the brilliant She's a Rainbow, In Another Land, 2000 Light Years From Home, I'd recommend, if you haven't heard that album, you've got to go and give it a listen.
0: Wow, yeah, thanks Mick. You know he, he, Mick influenced me because um, he introduced that album to me. I remember going around his house way back in the late seventies, and he had it, and he had the um, the sleeve, the three D sleeve. Too. And I was looking at it, and I was thinking, "Oh, I've never heard this album. Is it any good?" And he was like, "Yeah, it's really good, you know." And it's, it, it is good. Uh, it's an album that's been um, really sort of written off in a way. Um, there was a great Mick Jagger interview in. Um, <clears throat> I've got it upstairs, one of my old NME annuals, 1974. And it's Jagger talks about that album. And, um, you know, the interview is a bit sort of sniffy about it. Oh, you know, love, peace. I mean, Jagger himself says, oh, love, peace and flowers is a load of crap, you know. Um, So he himself was not really that into it. I think he went along with the times, you know, just like everybody did at that time. I mean, you did him the same, and I would, you know. If I were in a band back then, I'd be doing the psychedelic stuff, you know. I... That kind of thing you know and um, yes uh, the Stones um, and Jagger himself said about that album well we just got fed up you know I've just been playing rock and roll and we wanted to do something different and so we just experimented and that's fair enough I think because that was in the air at the time you know bands were breaking out from the, the what was the, the, the traditional beat group if you like or rock group format And they were trying out new things. It's probably triggered by the Beatles, you know, Eleanor Rigby and tracks like that really made musicians think, oh, that's good, using classical strings. I mean, there were other people, of course, too, uh, influencing other people, too, and the Beatles themselves and the Stones were all influenced by each other and, and with each other. It was a fantastic period in music, wasn't it? I mean, I was just a kid at that time, but um, I do remember being a kid and um, hearing... Stuff.
1: In the of Southampton Trying to get to Holland or friends. they say, you can make it okay You can't get married, it's your father respect
0: Me. I mean I remember that coming up the radio, it's my birthday. And I think I was ten at the time. And uh, I just thought like what's that, you know, what, what's he singing there? They're gonna crucify me. That's a bit naughty, isn't it? And same with the Rolling Stones, you know, I remember uh Queen Woo!
1: She tried to take-
0: it women and I remember things like that and I remember um, liking the Stones myself like Mick you know I found them quite exciting um, when I was only a very small boy uh, at a family New Year gathering I sang Satisfaction my uncle one of my uncles my uncle George he was called God rest his soul
1: lovely man he got me to sing I can't get
0: I knew I didn't know the other bit like when I'm driving in my car I didn't know all that stuff I couldn't pick that up but I could pick up the chorus you know and I was good at doing that when I was a kid I could pick up choruses quite well and I think all this went into my mind you know when it came to songwriting I'm sure there's like a very deep well there of songs and experiences and that's what songwriters do they draw on that well you know and then they try to find other wells and then they go oh well can't find that well never mind Bloody hell Right I've got to finish the show I've got to finish it now because I feel like we've gone on longer than half an hour I didn't mean to But it's just the way things have panned out Maybe we won't put a time limit on the show We'll just do it as we do it And then when it ends it ends When it doesn't it doesn't And -hmm. I'd like to thank everybody for coming on my show today Uh, Douglas Ferrell It's a very fine poem 17 I'd like to thank um, Annie uh, Annie Lennox Sorry Annie Yellow Oh you know I'm just mad about No I won't sing that song because she said to me Don't you dare do that and I won't um, Anyway uh, yeah I'd like to thank Annie for the, um, the suggestion For the album and Mick Todd too For the suggestion of, of his album And um, have I missed Anybody out I hope I haven't I really hope I haven't um, Let's go out on another Song shall we uh, I'd like to sing a song I make it up, as for you, thank you
1: for listening to
0: my show,
1: it really makes me sorry to go, oh thank you for listening to my show, I hope you all come back next week, oh I hope you come back with a whole
0: Keep saying, see, I mean, hear me, hear you, giving your point of view next week. Thank you. Dancing cheek to cheek. This is Savage Shed putting the padlock on. <coughs>